to another episode of the Embracing Chaos podcast. Today, I get to sit down with my friend Shadell Clark. And boy, you are in for a treat because we talk about so much stuff. We talk about suffering well and Catholicism and depression, the new age culture, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy it and we will definitely have her back. Well, hey, Shadell, so happy to have you today. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. And I want to just jump right in because we are all busy mamas. <laughs> yes. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? So my name is Shadell. I am a wife to a very nurturing, awesome husband. His name is Ryan. And I am a full-time stay-at-home mom. And my daughter's name is Briley. She's three years old. I am also like a part-time content creator, but I just do that as like a, um, like an artistic outlet kind of thing, yes. creative outlet. Yeah. Which you're but very I also good like at. To call myself, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I also like to call myself like an encourager because that's like where my heart is at. I love to encourage women um, with God's word and share the gospel um, in a way that uh, extends a lot of grace. And I love that. <laughs> and are you, have you walked through some trials that have brought you to that point of being like, I am an encourager and this is what I do and who I am? Yeah. I mean, as far as like me being an encourager, that's just something that I uh, have always been but um ever since i you know since god gave me a new heart i started realizing that that's something that god really wanted to use in my life so i changed my major when i would when i was in college to so i was doing like fashion design and marketing and then i changed it yeah <laughs> i changed my major to mental health counseling um because that is something that has always been like on my heart and i feel like um it's just, it, it's something that I, throughout life, I felt like I was starting to really develop, um, like a really love for it. Um, and so that became something that I felt like I could use like for the glory of God. And so that's what I majored in, but I initially, I wanted to become a mental health counselor, but now that I'm a stay at home mom, I don't think I'll ever go back to school just because it's, it's really my heart now is just to be at home with my kids and um, yeah. And, and use my, my gifts for um, my first calling, which is motherhood. Yep. So, so that's, and, and at first it was really hard for me to accept the fact that I had done schooling, spent yeah. so much money, n probably never going to use my uh, degree but, um, well, are you, a are you going to be a homeschooling mom? I am. Yeah. Okay. Do I think that I am fully equipped for it? Absolutely not. Um, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> no, no. Um, but I feel like that's really where God wants me and where I'm yeah. called to. Um, so, so yeah, so that's where I am right now, but that's my background. It's just, uh, as far as like schooling goes is, um, psychology. So. so do you, have you struggled with mental health before? And is that why yeah. you kind of wanted to? Thank you, for, thank you for asking me that question. Yes. So um, throughout my life, before I became a Christian, I kind of uh, lived according to my own worldview, I guess. Yeah. And um, I struggled with uh, depression and anxiety. A lot of that mm -hmm. had to do with like my biological makeup, I guess, because I have hypothyroidism and 
a couple of other hormonal um, chemical imbalances that were contributing to like my mental health. But when God gave me a new heart um, and I became a Christian, I really like all of the things that I was, I was for a long time, I had been neglecting my health because some of the medication that I was prescribed, I thought that was doing me more harm than good. And so I stopped taking it altogether. Mm. And um, yeah. And so just once, um, like the way that I came to Christ, I didn't really have um, a Christian upbringing at all. I knew of God, my family, uh, we all grew up Catholic. Um, Yeah. And then um, I came to Christ when I was turning 18. Um, My friend invited me to church and I was not, I'm the kind of person that I don't really rationalize life too much as far, well, now I do more so because I want to make sure that, you know, I am gospel centered. Right, right. But, but just in general, my personality is not yeah. the kind of person that like I, I get, I over rationalize things. So around the time that I became a Christian, I was uh, into different things, trying to find truth in like different things, like like horoscopes and um, uh, yeah, I was uh, dangerously getting close to um, not, not like uh, Wiccan or anything like that, but new age. So I was getting really dangerously close to all of that and um, becoming more just isolated. So just dabbling into things that uh, were bringing me truth. But when I met a friend who was a Christian, her and I became really close and she invited me to church, and I was also open to that um, because I was just, you know, I wasn't against God or anything like that. I just right. was looking for truth, and I didn't know Christ as my Savior or had a relationship with Him. So that was the difference. There's like a uh, a trend right now, and it's like a mindfulness trend. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it everywhere, where it's yes. like mindfulness and like um, like just kind of like right. Accepting everything. And, um, it's all good, you know? Right. Um, but, but at that point in my life, I was just not really exposed to uh, a lot of Christians or, um, my family and I weren't really going to church. So like God was very distant. And the only thing that was present were things like horoscopes. And so I was very much like, um, when I started, not that this means anything, we could all wear black, but I started wearing black for a long time. I went to a thrift store and found a pentagram, which is like, it's like a star in a circle. There's different forms of it, but I found it and I started wearing it and I, I researched what it means. And I saw that it, I started learning that the pentagram that I was wearing symbolized that I uh, was in touch with like the elements of the earth. So like fire um, (laughs) and, and, and kind of like at that point in my life, I felt I had like an intuitive sense where like, uh, like a sixth sense and um, just very dark things. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And uh, new, there's like a lot of things in new ageism that people are involved in, but they don't know like the dangers of it, you know, horoscopes being one and um, just like, I don't know if you've ever heard the term, maybe not, um, but like opening your third eye or something like that, or yep. just um, crystals yeah, or- and it's all, isn't it a lot about like finding your, um, like this inner peace? Oh yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all 
like supposedly trying to point to um right finding yeah. inner peace accepting how how you feel about the world around you like just not really i don't it, it's really hard to explain because there is so broad like new ageism is so broad like many people have outer body experiences things like that so with Catholicism, did you feel like that was too stuffy because it's like liturgy and traditions and you were craving something that was more like real, present, tangible and along those lines? Yeah. Well, see, like today I belong to a very high liturgy church and okay. um, it's very like reverent and um, orthodox. Okay. So it's not so much like the liturgy and the tradition because, you know, it, there's different forms of that but um it's, in the catholic view is very different from a christian view obviously right. what really like disinterested me when i was catholic was the fact that i didn't really feel like i could have a personal relationship with jesus i didn't know mm -hmm. that I, I didn't know that i needed to know him as my savior i just knew him as like like a god who is who we pray to when i would go to church it just seemed like I mean, the Bible was never encouraged to be read as a believer in a Catholic mm -hmm. church. It, so like, I never saw anybody who owned their own Bible. It was always the priest, you know, just saying what he says and us right. reading through prayer books and things like that. We would just have like these little booklets that we would read, but never the Bible. So I never read scripture. I never knew scripture. So um, you were craving that personal relationship then. Right. And then just with the whole catholic view of like you know you confess your sins to a priest and it's like i never knew that i could confess my sins mm. to god today you know in my own quiet time or by myself like i didn't right. know that i mean i thought that okay i had to go through like this communion class i needed to do all these wow. things in order to be accepted by right. god so I, so I, you I, experienced I, like yeah. major freedom in christ then once you became Absolutely, a believer yeah yeah because yeah, the catholic the Catholic tradition was, it, it was like my parents' religion that um, we were just all forced to go to right. um, every Sunday. But the good thing about that is that my family, um, they, when we were growing up, they were the kinds of Catholics that didn't go religiously to church. Hmm. So I, I think that that was a good thing because it yeah. wasn't implanted in me. Like I didn't really have like any kind of really foundation to base my life off of. I right. just went to church, you know, here when and there. Did. So how did yeah. you get into this new ageism? Like, was yeah. it somebody you met or was it just like your own decision? So going back to like the mental health thing, um, I struggled a lot growing up with my mental health. I was very depressed. I, I felt like I was just alone all the time. Like nobody understood me. I had like just these feelings of like, is anybody listening? You know, mm -hmm. like, because I'm a very like outspoken person. I've always been this way. And so I would have friends and I would talk to them about what was on my mind. And for some reason, all of these friends would look at me like I was a joke kind of like I go Shadelle here she goes with uh expressing herself you know and just oh, kind gosh. of and yeah and it wasn't like I was saying these crazy things it's just uh looking back now like the kinds of friends that I had were not embraceive of me like they didn't have my best intention in mind you know and so 
So it just became really lonely. And it, I struggled finding good friends, good friends who actually yeah. cared about me. And then when I, you know, became friends with a specific girl, we became friends, like best friends instantly. And um, she happened to be a Christian. And so that that's, she, she's the one who invited me to church. But your question, I'm sorry, you said that, um, how did I start with the new ageism? That came from trying to find truth and acceptance somewhere. Right. I wasn't going to find it from people. Right. I wasn't going to find it from my peers. I wasn't from going church. to find it from my, from church, from yeah. my family, even like I knew my family loved me, but I right. didn't feel like they understood me, huh. you know? And so um, I just started finding truth and, and acceptance and belonging somewhere. So um, I'm sure, you know, we've all have read horoscopes and it, it just starts making sense. And you're just like, yeah. whoa, this is, this all makes sense. The universe sense. understands then, me. <laughs> the universe understands me. So going back to your depression though, where are you now with all of this and coming out of so much? Yeah. Um, so... I still struggle when it comes to depression, but now that I have Christ, it doesn't last long, thank the Lord. And even if it does, you know, I feel like I've learned how to sense kind of where things are stemming from. And if I need like extra help, you know, like I, I will go to the doctor and I will talk to my doctor. Um, if I go to the doctor, I don't ever say I want so-and-so drug to make me feel better. I'll just start talking I'm a very open person. So like, yeah. I'll just start talking about how I feel. And, you know, if the doctor feels that that's something that would, I would benefit from, then I'll, I'll listen yep. to that. Um, yep. But have freedom in Christ. And so yeah. it's not a depression that like overtakes me or anything. So like what would you say to believers who actually do get medication yeah. and who do need extra help? Yeah, I would say if that is what you need, then you need to do that. You know, yeah. and every single, I feel like it's so different for every single person. Like yeah, I do too. Um, I am not the kind of person that ever says, uh, you know, just have a little faith and, you oh, know, gosh. <laughs> that's the worst thing. Like I, I do not like hearing that. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. And so usually what I need from a friend who doesn't struggle with depression and I do is just them to listen to me and yeah. understand like where I'm coming from, you know, yep. and maybe not even saying anything, just listening. That's yep. it. So I would say if you're still taking medication, then good for you. Like you need yep. to, you know, if that is what you need, then you should be taking medication. Do you feel yeah. like a lot of your, the people that you are friends with on Instagram or followers or whatever, do you think you're speaking to a large audience that do struggle with depression and mental health issues? Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that I was a little bit more open when it came to that, because I actually struggle with that. Um, but it, like I said, it's so like, it's so different for every single person. So like for yeah. me to say, this is what helped me today. I want to be careful with saying, do this too. And it'll help you in the same exactly. way. But exactly. Exactly. So like, I, I really try to um, make sure that if I'm going to share something like that, it's just considerate of people and right. I really, I, I have always appreciated that about you. And I appreciate you even saying that because I think when you're in a weak spot and you're desperately looking for something and Hey, this girl over here is doing oils and this girl over here is going on a run. And this girl over here is doing this. And this girl's like trying this. And it's like, it can be so overwhelming to share yeah 
and to watch all these people because I mean, if you go scroll on Instagram, there are so many people talking about anxiety and depression and mental health. I've done it. Yeah. You've done it. We've all done it, you know. Yeah. But it's like, wow, this is actually it's like out there now. So yeah. I think it's I think it's great on one hand of like you do what you need to do and you're not alone in what you're feeling right now. But at the right. same time, we are all individual and you need to go to the Lord for what you need. And yeah, you know, if absolutely. you're supposed to be on medication, great. But sometimes that doesn't help for other people. If you need something else, like it's just, I don't know. But I think that's key too. Like, like as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid to tell our neighbor, you need to go to the Lord to seek what you need, what you need, you know, right. like, and we shouldn't be afraid of saying that like, oh, so you're saying that all we need to do is have a little faith. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying Absolutely is that not. you need to seek the Lord. Like when I, um, when I lost my dad, I've, so I've never been, even prior to having a relationship with Christ and being a Christian, I was never on medication. I recently got on medication two years ago uh, when I lost my dad. And yeah. And so like, like I said, I went to the doctor, I told them how I was feeling. I strongly, strongly felt that the Lord wanted me to be on medication for a while because it, the pain that I was feeling, the grief that I was feeling needed some help. And I right. feel like the Lord too much. brought medication to me. And yep. I and people who do not experience depression should not be on medication because it only works for people who right. are actually <laughs> feeling like impending doom. Right. You know, because yep. for me, what it did was just kind of uh, not make me feel so bad, like the world was going to end. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. finally, after three months, of being on medication, I, I trusted God and I'm like, Lord, I trust you. Like, I don't need this. And then I started to grieve a little bit more sober minded, you know, Mm. like I was still grieving. I was still grieving and I still grieve, but it was, it was a little bit like just more sober minded, you know, like I I started to look at my situation with clear eyes instead of um, just sadness. So, well, and I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but was that with your dad and everything, something that dramatically pushed you to the Lord or changed your view of God or pushed you away? Like, what did that look like for you? So it definitely changed my view. So one of my biggest fears growing up in general, like my family and I are very close. I'm very close to my parents. If I was not married, I would still be living with mom and dad. (laughs) I I love my mom and I love my dad. And so one of my biggest fears was losing Mm -hmm. any of my parents because I just loved them so much. But when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, it, um, you know, I, when you get one of those diagnoses, as you know, like just so many things run through your mind, you just, you you don't know what to expect. You sort of are in denial and all this stuff. Um, but for him, it was, it was stage four. They said that it was terminal, like, you know, all they could do was palliative care for him. And so it, they gave him like an eight month uh, time frame. Yeah, time frame. Um, but he uh, surpassed that for two years. So he wow. lived two years. Throughout that time at our previous church, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of R.C. Sproul. Yep. Okay. So R.C. Sproul, he was the pastor at um, our previous church. And he was just talking about suffering uh, one morning and talking about like having an eternal perspective and what that meant. And like, even though death of my parents was something that was like my biggest fear, I had 
like I'm not afraid of dying, you know, because I, I know where I would go. But like right. just the thought of losing somebody you love, like that hurts yeah. so much more. Um, and so when this happened and it was like God was really trying to prepare me for what was about to happen, even though I try to deny it. And um, when I heard the sermon, I was just brought to so much tears because I finally learned what it what it means to live with eternity in mind mm. you know like like we're all gonna die you know yeah. um and how like to live as christ to die is gain you know right. um that was something that god was really using and so i feel like uh now that i was able to go through that god had really shown so much comfort to me that i like i didn't know how i was going to make it through that um, but now I get to, you know, walk with others and, uh, you know, extend that same comfort to others that was shown to me. It's just, uh, it's, it, it was, it was very difficult. It was very difficult. Um, and, and now, you know, I'm just having to face it so much just with everything that's going on in the world and something that recently happened to my mother-in-law, you know, we almost thought we were going to lose her and just the thought of like, um, the process again. Yeah. yeah, to process that again is hard. But something else that God had shown me when I was losing my my dad was that I had really really idolized my parent to a way that I I believe was not really healthy. I was almost idolizing them. Like, what was I going to do without my parents? Hmm. You know, like so. Like I for a long time I was not thinking soberly about that. Like I knew that I had God, but like I still thought like life would end without my parents and so I would place them on this pedestal like like above God in a way hmm. you know like an idol and so when God you know took my dad it was very life-changing and it's like these kinds of sufferings like just bring us back to the source of all comfort and the fact that Christ is the only one that we need and is so enough. Yeah, is like enough, right? every time I hear that, like Christ is enough for me. It honestly, it doesn't sink deep. And then, and then yeah. you walk through something and you walk right. through major pain and major trial. And obviously I'm on the other side of cancer. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, the one that it was diagnosed to, but I would say it's harder for everyone else. Like it was really yeah. hard for my husband and it was yeah. really, really hard for my kids. It was really hard for my parents and my grandparents. And it was really hard for them because they had to do this, like trusting God on a, you know, minute by minute basis where right. I felt like I was, you know, like, I love you guys, but we're all going to be in heaven someday. So it's right. just, it's Absolutely. like, that sounds so bad, but I, I was just, I was just like wanting to get through it and just, okay. We yeah. got this like one step at a time. But I think when you actually do go through those times of losing a parent or cancer diagnoses or just heartbreaking things that happen in this life, you do finally understand that Christ is enough in your life. And that, right. and it's, it's hard because I think too, like I can look at my husband and be like, I literally don't know what I would do without you. You have these people and I don't think it's necessarily that they're an idol. I think for you, you know, it, it maybe was in some ways, but also in it's, some just ways, yeah. it's just because you love them. Like you right. love Absolutely. them so much, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's true. And then like we walk through things like that and we just don't know how we're going to do it. And like something that I, I just feel like I encourage 
just people who are walking through like really difficult seasons of suffering is like, you are not going to feel like you are enough. There's nothing that you can do to make you feel better other than like, it's okay to feel all the things, you know? And like, because Jesus is like interceding and really like what I saw was that I, all I needed in that moment was just to be still, you know? Mm -hmm. And And like the fact that God was really like near to me, like picking me up. It was like a supernatural time in my life where it's like, I knew that I could not face this alone. Um, But God just showed up in such a mighty way and picked me up and like made me whole, you you know, like sometimes, um, you know, and grief is so also very unique to everyone. And like, I there's no like right or wrong way to grieve. There's a difference between like grieving, like without hope, you know, like, so we should be like, we shouldn't feel bad about our uh, grief or just like the sorrow that we experience on this side of heaven, because, you know, Jesus wept, Jesus, uh, you know, was a man of sorrows. Um, And I have like a scripture that I wanted to share. So it's Hebrews five, seven through eight. I don't know if you want to turn there. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered and being made perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Being designated by God of high, as a high priest after the order of Mal, Malchiz, Malchiz, how do you say it? Malchizedek? <laughs> I don't even know how to say that word. <laughs> anyway, the whole um, point is just that Jesus wept. Jesus yeah. wept. And um, when we read the Gospels, we see that in the sorrow of Jesus, we find affirmation that our tears do not reflect a lack of faith. They are often a companion of authentic faith. Yes. If God had nothing to do with our suffering then we have no hope in suffering because God is sovereign. You know, like God, God sometimes allows really difficult things to happen. And we don't understand those things all the time, but it's, it's ultimately for his glory and our good. And that also brings me to like, you know, in first John, um, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and people are wondering, like, if he can heal blind man, couldn't he have um, stopped him from dying? There was a purpose in Lazarus being dead, having to die for people to see that the Lord does raise people from the dead. There's so many, like, just examples in scripture where God has allowed suffering. And no matter what happens in this life that is hard, like, I the first thing that I turn to is like, Lord, this has to be something that is in your will. You know, like it it has to be, and it will there be like, we may not understand it fully, but that's why we have hope in our suffering because God ultimately is sovereign. Like he, he allows us to walk through these difficult things. So that's why I feel like the scriptures talk so much about patience and long suffering and endurance and finishing the race. Well, and I mean, well, I was just talking to my husband about this. Um, uh, I think it's in Matthew shoot. I need to go look, but that God gives us good gifts and it's like, yeah, okay that verse might actually be talking about the good gifts being heaven, being our savior. And 
having eternity with him. He's already done right. everything. Maybe that is our good gifts, but no, we think it's, um, Oh, it's the here and the now it's giving in, me this and giving me this. Yeah. And that is like all these tangible things, but then the flip side. So then when bad things happen, then we think it's from God too. And then like, you have to go, it, it goes both ways. You can't live in just like this one direction. And there's so much to always unpack when you go through suffering. And so I feel like for my next question, I feel like would be being a mom and a wife and working at home and having all these other roles. How has that affected your day to day? Yeah, for sure is um, maybe like it, when it comes to motherhood, um, just the importance of like instilling or sharing the gospel with with my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and just um, reminding myself to extend grace to her and um, reminding her that, you know, our treasures are stored up in heaven. Like this is not forever, you know, and, and one thing that I feel like I'm pretty good at not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I'm pretty good at being very open with my daughter and like not shying away from the fact that she's only three and she may not understand these things. Like, I want her to know because, you know, though I loved my parents so much and in my eyes, they were like the perfect parents. I know that there were things that, you know, they didn't teach me. And now that I get to, thankfully, like I am in a covenant marriage with my husband, my husband is a believer that we get to raise our daughter to have a firm foundation, you know, and one of our biggest prayers, um, something that my husband is always praying for our daughter and I just love is that she would never remember a day without Christ. Mm. Um, and like, I have a very dramatic conversion story, you know? Um, but my husband does it. He, he doesn't really remember a day without Christ. Mm. And that's something that, that's something that I desire for my daughter. Sometimes I get so caught up in like today that I don't think about everything that Christ has brought me out of. Yep. Um, And I need to be reminded of like the gospel and how in my testimony and and just how he's brought me into light and how I need to use these things for his glory and use them to, um, you know, raise my daughter and extend grace to others and comfort others when, um, you know, they, they don't know comfort, like true comfort. Um, you know, I get so caught up in myself and I just have to be reminded. Yeah. And so I think it's just nice to always like, sometimes little things happen. I'm just like, man, I've come so far. Like I've mm-hmm. come so far and not of my own doing. And it's, it's really good to be reminded. Something else that I wanted to share that was like, just the really beautiful thing that came out of my dad's death is the fact that within the last two years of his life, he became a Christian. I, oh, I saw him transform. Like I saw my dad transform. He became a man of service. Mm-hmm. a man of humility, a man who knew that he was in desperate need of a savior and that he had one in Christ. He was ready. <laughs> like he said, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you know that, like, that is my ultimate peace. And the fact that I have peace with what has happened, because I know that in where my parents are going is much better because of the fact that they are in Christ now. Yes. And and, um, oh, and gosh. something that I wanted to also share is that 
that happened through my conversion. Like I, I told you, I didn't grow up in a Catholic home that was very strict Catholic. When I got saved, my parents saw such a transformation in me that they knew something radical and supernatural oh. happened to my life. And my mom used to have like these idols and figurines that she would pray to. Like when I became a Christian, she took down all her idols wow. and she knew, she knew that now she could actually talk to Christ right now. She didn't, she, she didn't need a mediator, you know, like she could talk to Christ now. So God used my faith and my faith became my parents' faith. So it's just, it's, it's amazing, like, just how, how God has used my life. And the fact that I, you know, like, I, I have so much confidence that, like, my parents are, are in Christ. And, and my dad is in God's glory right now. And that makes me rejoice. Yes, it's sad when I look back and I, you know, I miss my dad. But, but yeah, I have just a, a huge joy in my heart knowing that he is with the Lord. Like he is with the Lord and I have no doubt, you know, so it's, it's a really awesome Christ confidence that I have. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I mean, we can see each other right now, but I am just like holding back, just like sobbing right now because I love getting outside of myself and my frustrations and seeing other people's lives and what God is doing. And yeah, I'm not going to cry, but I like, sometimes we need that. Like mm -hmm. we need to just get out of our own little heads of yeah. all the things that we have to work on and all the things that are bothering us and our dishwasher yeah. broke and our car broke down and our kids yeah. are naughty. And it's like, if you just take a step back and see what God is doing in other people's lives and remember what he has done and is doing in yes. your own life. And it's like, we can just get so caught up in pointless things that I'm just so grateful that you shared that because I think it's absolutely beautiful. It shows so much of God's redemption and your story. And thank you for listening. It's, it's something that it's really, um, you know, I, I just, I share it so much. And like, sometimes I sound like a broken record, but I'm like, look at what God has done. I know. Like, look at what God has done. And, and like, um, friends who, who knew me back then and like, look at me now, like, there's no doubt that I am a different person. And yeah. sometimes it, it frustrates me a little bit because, um, I want so badly for people to have this kind of freedom. Right. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's all in God's timing. And, and we just pray that, you know, people would know the kind of freedom, but like that, yeah. I think it's a good thing to just continue to share our story. And like, I love what you're doing. And I love that you like your story, just, I remember just being in so many happy tears, just thinking about what God has brought you out of. And like the fact yeah. that you had so much faith, like one thing that I struggle with is, um, like while I'm in it, I know the truth. I know that I need to be faithful and optimistic, but instead I'm just like stuck and just feeling like super sad instead of super hopeful. And like, I'm only hopeful when a day, when the day passes by, you know, like it's a, it's a gradual thing that I become more and more like faithful. But, um, I just loved that you were able to have faith though you were 
experiencing something so difficult like because i you know we get angry as humans we get so angry and we're i just was like angry. yelling at god and i I'm was like, angry why like why is this happening like i so was so angry Chadelle. Yeah. like yeah. don't think for a minute that i did this so beautifully graceful and you know yeah. rejoicing and you know yes. super faithful the whole time i yeah. wish i was but yeah I, I wasn't, I hated it. There was so mm -hmm. many parts that I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. But now looking back on everything, I do see right. about lo a lot of what you were saying, you know, you see how he yeah. was using such painful times. Yeah. Yeah. Bring out more of himself. Absolutely. Better understanding of him. Yeah. Something that I wrote down, I wanted to share it that we're like in the context of that but our faith in christ enables us to persevere though we feel weary it's a supernatural strength that we receive though we are weak because like second corinthians says when we are weak he is strong so it's yep. like you know we should boast in our weaknesses and it's okay to just suffer but like suffer well yeah. and and yeah. know that like one day you're going to look back and see God's glories, you know, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and I'm a very emotional person as it is. I struggle with that sometimes. I have to well, here we are, like, like both crying. Lord. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I have to always ask the Lord to help me not be such an emotional. Uh, I don't want to be led by my emotions. Something that I right. heard that was really, I think it's really good that emotion should be a gauge, not a guide. Yes, so, I think it's fine yeah. to be emotional. Just yeah. you know. Not like yeah. you just said, that's, I think that's great. Yes. Oh gosh, friend, I am so grateful for you. And I feel like we could just continue this conversation for a while. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I do Thank always. Thank you for giving me the time. I'm oh my like, gosh, of course. I've never done this. So I feel a little awkward, but. Um, that's what everybody says. And I, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Yeah. all these girls that have never done this before to share their stories and you guys oh are my goodness. and I'm so grateful and people are blessed by it people are listening and I do always end the show though by giving you a few minutes to share what you're passionate about or working on so that we can stay posted with you hmm. <laughs> like it's you have a blog like, right I need a hobby I really need more hobbies <laughs> honestly I'm the worst like I another something that I struggle with is just idleness. Like, I'm just like, so what do I do now? Um, so I, I mean, yes, my blog, I, I'm not as active on my blog. Um, but I just, I, I like to use like, um, uh, my Instagram as a creative outlet. Yeah. Like I like taking pictures. I love food photography. Um, I, I'd, I'd also have a dream one day to write a book. I'm not sure what I would write it on yet, but that's something that you know, in the future, maybe I can start working on. Um, yeah. But that's it. Like, just, I'm just like a regular mom that just winging it, really. <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> We're yeah. all there. But thank you so much. And I will link your blog. I will also link your Instagram just so that people um, can stay posted. And you know what? There's there's got to be people out there that have walked through similar things, you know? And so that's the point of doing this is getting people's stories and connecting people who thought yeah. they were very isolated and alone in what they've walked through and finding new people to, I don't know, have community with, even if it's just via Instagram. <laughs> 
So that's that's why I love it. So is there anything last minute you want to say? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. And I will gladly have you back because I still want to talk about like all this new age, this like new age culture and all the things. We'll get on that. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining and we will see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Embracing Chaos podcast. Thank you guys so much for all the love and support and sharing your stories and being vulnerable. And don't forget to rate this podcast, subscribe, go find me on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Love you guys.